1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: This week the Treasurer handed down a federal budget and to quote Dr Jim Chalmers from his budget speech, he said the global economy teeters again on the edge with a war that isn't ending a global energy crisis that is escalating, inflationary pressures persisting and economies slowing, some of them already in reverse. Well, some attention today to how we might prepare for the effects of harder economic times and applying some biblical wisdom around money. Well, our special guest is an outstanding communicator on budgeting and saving as a foundation of wealth. He says one of the main differences between the rich and the poor is how the rich make use of credit. So a conversation today around taming the credit card. Justin Pagotto leads a ministry called 1010 based on John 1010 that says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And he always frames his insights with the next generation in mind, with a focus on raising money-smart kids. Justin Pagotto, let me say a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. And I love always hearing uh, what people say as well in the callbacks. So ring away.
0: Yes, we'll look forward to some calls. Shortly, we'll open our talkback lines. You might have your own bad experience or good experience with the use of your credit card or credit in general, as we'll be talking. A saving and budgeting, Justin, uh, even more important than ever, especially in light of the Treasurer's budget speech on Tuesday night.
1: Oh, absolutely. And we're in very interesting times. You know, I was talking to one of my financial advisor uh, clients, uh, yesterday, and they were telling me, you know, their kids' uh, mortgages have gone up eight hundred, up to eight hundred dollars a week, um, so gone up by about three hundred dollars per week in these last interest rate rises. And you know what was really interesting is, you know, we've had interest rates coming down for the last twenty years. This is the first time that many people, many young people with mortgages, have actually seen the reverse trend and are actually saying, yes, uh, interest rates can really go up
0: now when we talk credit and when we talk savings how do you contextualize the way we think about these things because sometimes they're just words that we use uh, but they have real deeper meaning and you like to reflect on these things and give some real definition to the way we think about credit and savings and wealth and those things
1: yeah and there's there's probably a few things to talk about the first one is uh, savings in general okay so looking at what is a need what is a want and you know we live in a in a first world country where um, you know there's a bit of a joke about smashed avo you know the right to a smashed avo breakfast but what really is a, a need and what is a want and you know I've had clients where uh, I had one particular client who was earning over $300,000 a year and could not save anything and then other clients who are only in forty or fifty thousand, who save a lot. So, in some de- some extent, um, saving is a mindset that you will do whatever it takes to save less than uh, to spend less than you earn. Does that make sense? So, it's got to be a mindset first, like a lot of things that we won't spend money that we do not earn.
0: Uh, sometimes we think of savings as saving up for something that we've set a goal for Uh, other times uh, people who are sometimes a little more conservative will often think i'm saving up because i'm preparing for a rainy day attitudes to saving they're pretty important aren't they
1: oh definitely and it's a mindset that you know that's why i'm very passionate about the next generation of kids like for example in the jewish mindset uh, they will give away uh, 20%. They will actually save 10%, uh, invest 20%, and then spend 50% of their income. So I'll just say that again because it's a bit countercultural to what we have in uh, our modern-day society. So in a traditional Jewish mindset, they would give away 20%, so very generous, save 10% for a rainy day, but then the the big one, invest 20% of their money into things which are going to grow and provide a growing income stream and then they'll spend the rest. I wonder, I wonder how that would sit with modern day Australian life.
0: That's right Hey, when we're talking about the Bible, Justin, and how we glean the wisdom we talk about uh, so far as finances from the Bible, uh, reflecting on this just as we're leading up to a conversation, get your thoughts here because sometimes, and there's been some people have gone way off on a tangent, thinking that uh, you apply biblical principles and that's like a get-rich-quick scheme. And uh, that's, of course, uh, got lots of holes in it. But while the Bible's not about getting rich quick, the wisdom that we're gleaning from the Bible is very much about how not to get poor quick. Any thoughts here on how you balance your understanding of applying biblical wisdom to your own finances?
1: Well, there's lots of scriptures, isn't there? There's lots in Proverbs. Um, I'm thinking of the one that says, you know, the lazy person or the sluggard that, you know, will not eat if someone. And then Jesus said, I think if someone doesn't work, they should not eat. Right. So I think we need to have wisdom to apply it and put it into practice um, in our everyday life. And so one of the questions I've been ruminating myself um, is where basically do we put our trust do we put it in our job do we put it in our bank balance do we put it in um you know a property or our super and is that really the foundational thing which first needs to shift and then once we start this journey about trusting god more and more and more um, that to me is the centerpiece if we don't get that right Everything else around the circumference can go astray.
0: Is it fair enough to say, if we're looking for biblical wisdom, the wisdom is on the side of saving rather than borrowing? Because these are the two options. If you boil it all down, either you're going to save or you're going to borrow. Is uh, how do you how do you think we should look at those?
1: I think so, definitely, definitely. I think there's strong biblical uh, wisdom to not borrow for consumer things like to me, it doesn't make any sense to borrow um, for something which depreciates uh, things like cars, caravans, uh, any sort of more wants or consumer items, you know, uh, why put your latest iPhone on credit? So for example, if you can't afford to pay for an iPhone up front, perhaps it's, it's, it's best to wait a while till you can. Um, Whereas, You know, I think there's nothing wrong with debt um, when it's used in a productive capacity. But again, I'm thinking through a lot of things in my own life. So this is really an open conversation. Um, You know, when we borrow money, we borrow it from institutions and that does give them some level of control over us. So the mortgage, you know, the meaning of the word mortgage, I think just means something like death till death. Um, And I think a lot of people would see their mortgage as a a noose around their neck or, you know, a millstone that they have to carry. Whereas if we don't have uh, that debt, if we're out of debt, which I think there's a lot of biblical admonitions to get out of debt to become the lender rather than the borrower, then that brings to it a a certain level of freedom.
0: I mentioned in the introduction that you always have in mind a wonderful way of talking about money uh, with the next generation in mind, uh, raising those money-smart kids. So if our own attitudes uh, toward debt are not right, the likelihood is we're going to be encumbering our own children, uh, the next generation, the next generations, uh, with the same mistakes we might make today. There's something here in a changing mindset when when you apply a biblical principle.
1: Well, the reality is you'll just pass on what you've been learnt generally. So unless you do your own uh, investment education, money education, and really seek out the wisdom, uh, you'll probably pass on exactly what your parents have taught you. So, for example, the financial freedom uh, for kids, which I'm a global ambassador, it teaches kids all the foundations of what we're talking about here. Uh, So it teaches them to save. It teaches them about... The five levels of wealth, but even more importantly, it teaches them how to think and how to actually build their own businesses. And so I just want to, again, encourage all parents, you know, I'm just mystified that, you know, with Christmas coming up, um, sometimes as parents, we invest in consumer things, but we don't actually invest in actually helping ourselves learn more about money and also helping our kids Uh, to grow in that way as well.
0: So Christmas is coming. Uh, The pressure will be on to borrow money to buy consumable items and things that uh, we'll do with gifts. At the same time, Justin, our mortgages are increasing and for some, uh, even as you say, uh, getting to a point where things, they're feeling the pinch and some, it's just going too far and there's even the potential for another interest rate rise next Tuesday. If you were trying to teach your children about debt, can you use your own mortgage experience? You can show the kids your, uh, your mortgage documents, can't you, and say, uh, this is how things are going up. That means that our debt is increasing. Is this a way, I mean, obviously, if your kids are old enough to understand, but uh, for parents teaching their children about debt, uh, using your own mortgage document right now and what the bank is sending you, your bank statement, might be an easy way to, to teach kids about debt and what happens with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I think one of the the real keys is to understand that, you know, we had years, if not a full decade of lowering interest rates. So the bigger question is, what did we all do in those times of uh, 10 years of falling interest rates? Did we get ahead in our mortgage? Did we pay off the mortgage uh, faster than the minimum repayments? Or did we just spend the extra amount on frivolous things that don't last? Um, so that would be the first thing I would say, you've got to get, you've got to have a strategy and do it before time get, gets tough rather than just waiting for the impact now. So paying off more of your debt, um, investing into things, which create an income, you know, I wrote down a few things, um, just thinking proactively and creatively. So, you know, when you're at at the supermarket, you know, the supermarkets are always having sales. Right. Do we really need to buy exactly what we want or can we just eat differently, the fruit that's in season? Um, Asking for better terms when we buy things. Uh, We are going to talk about credit cards. But if you can use credit cards wisely, get free points. Like I'm just converting um, my points on my credit card. Seven hundred and fifty dollars in vouchers. So I've got seven hundred and fifty dollars in vouchers to to spend on uh, Christmas gifts for my kids that I didn't have to to pay for and another interesting one um, you know there are lots of different ways around there to earn more money right and again the question I always ask people is are you willing to do the work don't just uh, you know complain when interest rates go up or something what are you proactively doing to educate yourself so for example um, I found out only just recently I've only just signed up that there's a way where you can be a part of a co-op uh, fruit and veg buying scheme in our town. And I think most towns in Australia would have it. And the way it works is that the you buy in bulk directly from the farmers. So it cuts out the middlemen, or probably two middlemen, Coles and Woolies, and then the also other wholesalers. And you get your fruit and veg about 30 to 40% cheaper. Um, and you also get to be a part of um, supporting a local community. So, you know, that's me just always looking and being proactive about saying how can i do things uh better how can i actually save money because fruit and veg costs a family a fortune <laughs> right but uh, there's lots of things you can do and that's just one of them this is 2020 with neil johnson helping you make sense of life culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision
0: our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 What are your thoughts? Do you have a question, a comment, even a critique for our conversation today? We're talking about taming the credit card and uh, not just a throwaway conversation, but one that may well affect your financial future as we talk about applying biblical wisdom to how we think about saving and credit and how we ultimately think about Wealth that we might be accumulating for ourselves or for our family. Our special guest is Justin Pagotto, who leads the ministry called 1010, and we're taking calls on 1800 316 316. So, Justin, let's take a call quickly from Jason in Mooralbach in Melbourne. Hi, Jason, welcome. Jason, are you with us? Jason, uh, you might need to call back. Uh, can't take that call. Thank you so much uh, for trying. But one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Hey, Justin, uh, let's talk through some issues around different levels of income here because, you know, we talk about saving, we talk about borrowing and going into debt. Uh, our whole financial makeup is made of more than that, though. You've got some ideas about different levels of our income.
1: Yeah, so... So basically what I want to encourage everyone is to think differently. There's so many ways to make money in 2022. And so a lot of the education is actually in just um, the retraining of our brains and the renewing of our minds. And so, for example, if you work uh, as an employee, what can you actually do to add value to your employer so that you can actually earn more money or get a bonus? Uh, And then if you run a business or if you are an employee who wants to start a small side business, you know, what have you got? What gifts has God given you that you can actually turn into a service which adds value to people, Um, creating a little side business that can earn you regular income? And that may require a lot of work. But the reality is, is that anything worthwhile in life takes time, energy and commitment. The other thing is, well, you don't even have to have your own products these days. Um, one one great form is uh, affiliate market, where you market other people's products. So if you have products that you really enjoy and uh, that you believe in, and that's the key, you've got to enjoy the products, believe in them, then what affiliate marketing does is where you say, I will promote these to my uh, to my." either database or friends or community or social network and then you get paid a percentage of the sale uh, and you don't even have to it's not even your product and you didn't even have to um, fulfill the order does that make sense so what i'm really asking listeners is to expand their capacity don't look at the problem look to jesus for the solution and ask him how do you want me to move forward What areas do you want me to pursue? And so saving, giving, investing and spending, all four of those areas, I think we should be constantly growing.
0: Interestingly, as we're talking about biblical foundations for changing the way we think, entrepreneurism very much a part of what Christians have been in their mindset uh, for this past 2,000 years. Uh, If it wasn't, uh, we wouldn't see the church uh, having expanded all around the world the way that it has today because it's happened because people have been entrepreneurial, they've been clever with money, and they've been generous with money too entrepreneurism it's something that sometimes we think that uh, you know maybe a few are gifted with it but uh, is this something for every Christian believer to get creative and entrepreneurial especially if you can see things tightening around your financial budget
1: look I think there's some people who are gifted straight away business people but I think sometimes we sell ourselves short and we just don't want to do the hard work Um, I would say that nearly every person who should be able to create multiple streams of income okay that that is my my strong conviction it may not be a huge amount of extra income but every person should be able to find some product or some service that they can actually take on and earn extra income
0: we often think about in exchanging our time for dollars, uh, but if you are selling something, uh, then uh, the, the time factor is changed somewhat in there. So is there a creativity in, in the way that you might think about uh, increasing income without actually just exchanging time?
1: Oh, definitely. And that that's why affiliate marketing is very good, any form of education businesses, um, so there's the internet over the last five or ten years is full of people who are making an income even when they sleep um you know one of my mentors uh, benji alexander from raising royalty he runs uh, a little uh, challenge each year called the seven streams of income and it's designed uh, based on what um, king solomon said you know spread your money to seven or eights because you do not know what trouble is coming in the land and so um uh, you know let's look at joseph if we want to have a, a look at another biblical example he he was uh, went through a, a process didn't he he had a call on his life but he had to say yes to that process and he gained wisdom through going through difficulties but at the end of the day when the time came for him to get used by god um, he was in the right place at the right time and he chose to build up uh in times of feast in times of plenty so that he had plenty uh, in times of famine so we need that wisdom and we need to be um, having an investment plan and having a, a plan to do things when times are good and also in times of when times are not so easy.
0: Interestingly, we are having a conversation, and it's an adult money conversation today. Uh, But these sorts of principles you're talking about, Justin... Uh, these are the sorts of things you've worked with uh, your own children and you've got them all starting some little sideline businesses and taking them through some learning opportunities about how they deal with money. Uh, That sort of thing's worked so well for you and uh, no doubt uh, people who've been even listeners to this conversation uh, over some time now, they've connected with you and no doubt applying some of these good principles. What sort of feedback do you get from people who are following you on your uh, website and utilising your... Uh, resources what sort of feedback are you getting
1: yeah the the big one is just how holistic it is so we, we really love to help families uh, what I call achieve real prosperity and that's peace wholeness and wellness in every area of life I think the word prosperity has been hijacked um, to just talk about money but the key the key feedback we always get is just that you help us to look at every area of our life and say God what is your what is real prosperity and I think you've got to You've got to look at all all seven areas of life in order to actually get your life um, under God's uh, lordship, under His uh, and under His grace, and to be able to move forward. Um, but you know, it takes work and effort, and that's the big thing I want to encourage people in. Like, it doesn't come in five minutes. You have to put time and effort into growing in anything.
0: We're going to be talking through some issues around credit cards after the news, but one of the main differences, you say, Justin, between the rich and the poor is how they make use of credit. I wonder if you've got a thought or two uh, just to preempt what we'll talk about after the news.
1: Yes, so all I'll say is that credit card debt, where you don't pay off your credit card each month, is basically the bottom of financial wisdom you know we talked about the five levels of wealth a few shows ago and that's really at the bottom at debt level so i would just counsel people do whatever it takes not to be in credit card debt
0: justin let's move to credit cards this is something uh, no doubt most listeners will have a credit card And uh, there are some challenges here. I mentioned just before the news, we'd talk about these things, uh, the differences between the way the rich see credit and the way the poor see credit. I wonder if you've got any thoughts here as we launch into this segment.
1: Yeah, the rich always use credit for income generation and actually asset building uh, requirements. They don't use it for consumer goods. Um, Well, they may pay for it, but they, they pay it off at the end of the month. Whereas... Um, people who want to stay in the debt trap um, use credit cards really for things that they don't have money for. And that's really the key. If you don't have the money and you can't pay off your credit card at the end of the month, you really should think, do I need this and is this going to be good for me?
0: If I said, uh, Justin, I'm just not good with money, you know, I just go along with the flow. Am I actually being manipulated by uh, credit organisations, people who want to loan money? Uh, You know, is there something I should be breaking out of if I'm just going along with the flow?
1: Well, I think that's, I'd say you're believing a lie. If you said you're not good with money or I can't understand it, well, there's only one person who uh, God's given responsibility to live their life, and that's all of us. So we all have to take extreme ownership for how we steward everything and so i would say uh take extreme ownership over that and um, say i want to steward my money well and i want to actually learn and break the uh, the lies that I'm believing in my mind and actually do some education and actually work through those issues.
0: Are we, in fact, uh, under some level of manipulation that convinces us that debt is good and uh, we love it and we love to take it on?
1: Oh, absolutely. One of the things which I think the main issue about repentance and, you know, I've been uh, looking at some information from uh, some some guys out of the States and one of the things they they say is that We have outsourced our economic affairs to the world we need to take it back and so they're looking at uh, you know what is the degree to which we have trusted in money what is the degree to which we've lived in pride and self-reliance in in money and material things as opposed to uh, trust in God and then to what extent to fear which is concerned with worry and what to what extent is greed you know never being satisfied with enough uh, play into things. And I think the the marketing and companies will just feed those things um, and encourage us to go into debt to get whatever we, we think we need.
0: Uh, simple but profound, but having a credit card, using your credit card, spending money you don't have, and that's what can potentially get us into trouble.
1: Absolutely. So if you are not paying off your credit card within the interest-free period, you're in real trouble. I was talking to some clients the other day, um, and I wasn't aware of this. Um, you know, they have 30000 in credit card debts, and they're only paying off the interest. So let's say about 5000 They had one credit card with about 11 or 12% and another one um, of 20%. So if all you're doing is paying off the interest on your credit card, it's like holding a lighter up to your wallet and burning, burning money. Um, so what I would say there is do everything you can not to get into credit card debt. And that might mean um, really reviewing your spending. It might mean that doing what i said before about learning extra ways to make money or or finding different ways to save money on your household good looking at refinancing your mortgage if you can to lower the rates but i just think it's uh if you're in credit card debt if you currently uh, if you've always got a credit card debt and you're needing to pay that 11, 12, up to 20% interest rate. It's just a recipe for disaster for your family.
0: We're taking calls on one 316 Let's take one from Jack in Wongan Hills in Western Australia. Hi, Jack. Welcome along.
2: Uh, thank you. Jack, what are your thoughts? Day. My thought is um, in Proverbs tells you if we're in debt, you come a slave to debt.
0: That's right. Slave to debt. Uh, Slavery is an interesting one and uh, one you ought to take seriously. Your thoughts, Justin?
1: Yep. So there's numerous passages. The borrower is a slave to the lender. And it's very sobering because the reality is most of our governments are in trillions of dollars of debt all around the world. um, of Printed money, borrowed money. And this is bringing a certain sense of slavery as well
0: does uh, jack thank you so well, jack stay there for a moment does the bank want to enslave us justin uh, because you know you're uh, you're borrowing money from the bank whenever you use your credit card
1: yeah banks only make money by turning money over right so the more credit card debt the more uh indebted we are um they then take money they lend it out and then they keep lending it out and And that's the banking process. So, yes, they have a, um, it's in their profit interest to make, to get people into as much debt as possible.
0: Jack in Wongan Hills in WA, Jack, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1 800 316 316. Let's talk about the kids here when we talk about our own debts and our own use of credit cards, uh, borrowing money from tomorrow. Uh, that you don't have to get by today. So if you fix where you're at today and the challenges you might have with credit, uh, you may be leaving a lot more to your own children and setting them up, of course, if you can teach them uh, some good wisdom there. Thoughts here about the next generation, our own children, and a responsibility we might feel like we have uh, to pass on something of wealth to them.
1: whatever we do whatever we model is what our kids take on as truth and normal if you raise your kids with an environment of scarcity with a relationship of either fear and worry about money or at the other end of the spectrum greed and never being satisfied both of those (coughs) excuse me both of those elements result in children uh being raised and then probably passing on to their kids um attitudes understandings and also uh, just the reality of living um, in a way which which probably grieves God
0: I imagine that just because it's easy to get a credit card uh, perhaps if you have a job uh, the way that you can control that I mean I think listeners can hear you saying uh, don't be uh, don't uh, rule out credit cards altogether but you've got to be able to appreciate how to use it effectively otherwise it is going to perhaps as some uh, is their experience it takes control so uh, the thought that you might be able to control your credit cards uh, by way of uh, what would you do Uh, you know just to ask the bank not to have such a high lending uh, limit how do you how do you actually get that control?
1: Uh, Well I think the first thing that goes is self-control right in the way you think and you committing to only buying what you need You know like i for example i have three or four credit cards but that's because i use them in my various businesses i've got to buy things and so i have one for the philippines business one for my financial business and one for personal Um, and so they're all separated out but the key thing is i always look at what i'm buying each month and making assessment when the statement comes in do i really need that and then secondly making sure they're all paid off every month so there's not one cent of interest ever paid and as i mentioned at the start of the call you know i have a lot of uh credit card reward points and i'm just about to cash one of them in for 750 dollars so i can you know buy my 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 gifts for my kids out of that money at christmas
0: so uh, I know you reflect on uh, the difference uh, for the rich and for those who are going to be struggling, perhaps being poor. Uh, the thought that if you can't afford it uh, without putting it on the credit card, then you don't get it. I mean, there's discipline there that so many of us lack.
1: Well, it's been changed. Like, I, I remember having a conversation with um, a friend of mine's dad, in the 2000s and he was a bank manager from 30 or 40 years ago and he said back then they would only lend you you used to have to have a 30 or 40 percent deposit to get a house or a car and you had to prove that you could save whereas these days it's gone the other ways and banks and credit cards are just lend you all this money without you developing the discipline and I think it's up to us to develop the discipline to actually say we're going to do it Rather than relying on using the excuse that it's someone else's fault, nothing, no transformation happens if you don't take extreme ownership.
0: Taking calls on 1800 316 316, let's hear from Ian. Hello, Ian, welcome along. Oh,
2: hi, Neil. How are you going?
0: Very well. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, my thoughts are um, look, I'm not in debt. I do have a credit card because uh, you're talking about credit card debt, and I use that for personal and Um, business but um, I never pay any interest on it because I set up my account so when it's due it pays it all out so I never pay any interest on it and um, I know everybody's not in that position I am but but if you are um, that's that's the way you stay out of debt and you can use the, the bank's money you can then I get points from using the credit card that then I can use to buy other things
0: so that was just my contribution. Ian, let me ask you while I've got you on the line here, do you have some special yeah. routine in your life? Is it weekly, fortnightly, monthly, uh, where you're getting around uh, all of your uh, financial documents and making sure everything's in order? Have you got a routine? Uh, yes,
2: definitely, because I run my own business, so I've got, I've got receipts and paperwork happening all the time and my credit card gets paid off. Every month, because you get billed for it, so so I, I I use it and then I have the money there uh, ready to pay the whole amount out. So it gets cleared, and there's no no, I'm not in any debt. Every
0: month, Yeah. Fabulous stuff, Ian. Uh, Justin, the thought of having a routine where you're coming around your finances, checking those bank statements, uh, looking at paying your bills. Uh, I mean, some people are doing this weekly, uh, others monthly. Uh, How do you think you should uh, change things to get a routine in place?
1: Well, the main thing is to make sure that you have an amount that you save before you do anything else. So that's another thing to think through. Put your money in the savings account first, divert it, and spend what's less. Okay. So I think the reality is you've just got to find a way to know where your money's going firstly, and then say, how much do I want to save? How much do I want to invest every month? And then, like we said at the start of the the program, spend everything else. And I think we've got it back around the wrong way sometimes, where we just spend and then try and find money to save or invest, but it doesn't work like that generally.
0: Ian from Warrandyte in Victoria, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Hey, Justin, Christmas is coming, and no doubt retailers will be hoping that we'll all be very generous and spend lots of money on gifts this year. I know that some will be thinking twice about that because of hard economic times coming, and if we want our economy to thrive, then we need to have this economy of people spending and people uh, selling uh, thoughts here for how you might approach Christmas uh, from uh, perhaps you know from a Christian foundation of looking at uh, finances
1: well again back to what I said before um what is something that you really need and what are gifts that you need versus things you know that just a week after Christmas are going to be thrown out and so you know each person needs to work that out the other thing I would say is rather than thinking, where am I going to find the money? You know, why not start in January each year and say I need X amount, let's just say $1,000. So over 12 months, I need to put away $85 into an account or pay $85 extra off my mortgage, whichever way you look at it, so that by the time Christmas comes, I just pay the money. And as Ian just said, The money's there to be allocated for that purpose. I really think it comes down to taking ownership of your financial position, knowing where your money's going, and then actually having a plan to make sure you you budget your cash flow rather than it being a surprise that you don't have any money at the end of the year.
0: Uh, Let me take us on a little aside here, and uh, supposing the Treasurer is right, and I think we ought to be thinking, yes, the Treasurer is probably uh, trying to soften the way he's talking about it, but he's saying, yes, hard economic times are coming. I wonder if you've got any thoughts around the concept of a storehouse. Because for those of us who are, you know, in Christian families, part of a local church, thinking about the way the scriptures talk about this issue of a storehouse, how do you think of a storehouse and what we might be thinking of communally as, as times get tough?
1: Yeah, I think it's both an individual thing for all the things that we've just mentioned, but it also is a community one as well. Um, One of the things concepts that I've been thinking about is what does it look like in a city where people, particularly business people, but it can be um, uh, other people as well, contribute into a storehouse and that can be money, time, talents, assets that then go into doing things like getting people out of credit card debt. So where people are saying, enslaved to credit card debt, you can say to them, look, we're going to pay out your credit card for you and you just pay us back the principal without any interest over X amount of time. Um, Or what does it mean to actually fund uh, ministries or projects which benefit the city? Uh, And that could be a whole range of things. Um, What does it mean to actually say that uh, we have an economy that, that that trades with one another within the Christian community. Why not? The Jewish people do it very well, um, and we actually can help people. The, other, the The other big thing is that we need to sort of divorce that we need money for everything. It sounds a bit counterintuitive, but we need to think through how can we solve problems, how can we help people with or without money, and to ask for God's wisdom and he's leading in how we do that so i would say it's 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 early days this whole storehouse concept but there are cities around the world where it does exist
0: a wonderful and profound concept uh, to enlarge your understanding of a definition of what the storehouse means. Sometimes uh, in a simple sense, we think of a storehouse by way of Scripture as being perhaps our local church. But you're saying it could be a whole lot more than that uh, as a community benefit. Uh, we we'll, might talk about that some more on another day. Let's squeeze in some calls quickly. Nikki is in Mildura in Victoria. Hi, Nikki. Welcome.
2: Hi Neil, how are you going?
0: Good, Nikki. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, one of the parts of the conversation that hasn't been spoken about yet is afterpay. Now, I run a small business
1: and I don't offer afterpay. I don't. It just doesn't feel right to me to pay for something that I could have used up before I've actually paid it off.
0: So I was just wondering, you know, thoughts on that, Justin.
1: Well, afterpay I think is a millennials form of a credit card, isn't it? So it's 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 basically the same thing, um, but it's encouraging people to basically buy things that they don't have the money for, and to just normalise it. I find it fascinating that um, afterpay was sold to um, uh, the people who own Twitter. Um, who I'm forgetting at the moment, Jack Dorsey and his yep. his his group. Um, anyway. Um, it was sold for something like 30 billion dollars but they would never made a profit in their life after pay so it's just fascinating isn't it that we've created this culture that exists around buying things now for things that we don't need and i think credit cards and after pays pay they have all it's the same thing, really.
0: Uh, we haven't got a lot of time. A very quick thought on the Christian business person who's utilising all of these credit methods, whether it's uh, obviously credit cards or afterpay. Um, not wrong to use them, but uh, but the responsibility falls on the shoulders of the user.
1: Well, that's what um, Nikki has just said is that's another thing which we haven't talked is, you know, what is the... What is the ethical standpoint about offering uh, credit for consumer things as a Christian business owner? And I think that's, that they're real questions that each Christian business owner must. uh, think through really do we want to be part of enslaving people into (laughs) debt I think we just
0: dived into a very deep topic there and we haven't got time to expand
1: on that today I don't think it's a two minute conversation
0: (laughs) we might come back to that we're not afraid to talk about these things Uh, Nikki thank you for raising that Uh, fabulous let's take one more call time is running so short Uh, let's hear from Charmaine in Esperance in Western Australia hi Charmaine hi good morning to you guys Um, I just want to quick say another positive thing to people out there if they're battling with credit card. What my husband and I do is that we always take money from our savings and put it in our credit card, that our credit card is in a positive, and then we only spend then what is in the positive. And, you know, as soon as it gets close to the zero balance again, then we actually – Take more money from savings and put it in, and that way we're never in debt, and you don't have interest on your card either. And at the same time, you start to build up a lot of points that you can use. And there is a wise way of using. I think that's yeah. a debit card. I your think, thoughts here, Justin? Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's brilliant because one of the one of the lies or the challenges is that we think that credit card is money that's ours, whereas it's not. Whereas in the in the what you're doing there, I think it's brilliant because you're seeing that what you're spending is actually your money. So your saving account's going down because you put it on the credit card. So you're actually visually seeing that it's actually your money you're spending, whereas there can be a tendency to just put things on the credit card, see it go up and not really make that connection that it's actually our money coming out of our savings account. So well done. Good strategy.
0: Charmaine, thank you so much for your call. That, uh, we won't be able to take any more calls because time has run out. Uh, But uh, just to talk about how connecting with you, Justin, uh, might be a useful, beneficial thing, especially for those listeners today who have children and they're interested in how they affect the next generation with the ways that they talk about and deal with money. So the ministry that you lead is called 1010, based on John 1010. The website is 1010life.com.au. So for listeners, write that down, the number 10, number 10 life.com.au you've got some free tips on raising happy more confident children people can subscribe to a a mailing a newsletter with you justin just explain what sort of resources people can access from you today
1: yeah so if you go to 1010life.com.au pop in your details there Uh, there's a few things we give away one is the top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens to stay out of debt that is probably the one I would really recommend. Like when you sign up, it goes to a freebies page and you can get about six or seven uh, freebies. Uh, one of them is that guide. You know, the other thing as well is, you know, look at your internet mobile energy bills. You know, that's one of the ways that we serve families is getting them better deals on those things. So what if you could get 40 50 $60 a month more in your pocket because you just simply... Uh, changed who you went through. So there's plenty of good things there and sign up. It'll take you to a freebies page and just hit connect and connect with me on the areas that you've got interest in.
0: And on Facebook, you can join the 1010 Family Life Facebook group and uh, just great insights as always. Look forward to our next conversation already. That's the number 1010life.com. Dot au. Justin Pagotto, thank you so much for taking some time and sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020.
1: My pleasure, always a pleasure. And the biggest gift you can give me is just to implement the stuff that I talk about. So that would give me great joy. Thanks for taking time to
2: listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.